Good afternoon, good evening, good morning from wherever you are in the world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Man in the Black Suit podcast. And we are sitting in the Cafe Soflot. And Leslie and I are both drinking out our sorrows because it's been a tough week so far. <laughs> it has been nonstop, Pam. I don't know. Uh, I know you've been had your arms full with the the little miss who's been uh, visiting uh, this past several days. Oh uh, yeah, little Miss Thang, as a friend of mine calls her. <laughs> She's keeping you busy, or keeping she kept me, you busy. Kept me busy. We would see. We were at the zoo. Um, we went all. We've been all over the place. Oh and, my uh, gosh. Yeah, so been a, it's been a fun few days but that's okay that's that's what it's about very exciting i'm i'm sure she had a great time at the zoo giving oh her God, love of got, animals she got her face painted as a cougar so she was happy <laughs> oh my gosh i bet that was great so, yeah so and and your week's been a little bit crazy um yes <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. Okay. I think I think uh, some of you might know I've been uh, keeping busy with the girls at home, and I, I'm not sure if you know that I have uh, my cousin living with us, and my mother is uh, now living with us. Um, to uh, so we've been uh, having a full house, and it's been quite busy. Yeah, I can hear. I can hear you. I can hear you. Yeah. So, anywho, it's good to see Joni and Lori on. Hello, yeah, ladies. It is. And Joni's having a little bit of a problem connecting, but I'm sure it'll work out well. Yeah. So. Well, and I just turned. I don't know if you could hear that feedback. Sorry about that. That's I okay. had my speakers on. Um. Yes, Lori. <laughs> I agree. It is a lot um but it's worthwhile um, oh yeah it is in the, in the long run it is i you know i i uh, i know i bitch and complain but you know it's okay it all, it's all right. good it's all good in the long run so yeah we've got a big chapter this week big. we do have a big chapter we've been kind of waiting for uh we've been waiting for this one for yes. quite a while, actually, to see where things are going and uh, how things are progressing. Uh, progressing, and this is a good one. I've I've been very excited too because um, you know there had been so much action and there had been so much motion and movement in the past couple chapters that mm -hmm. this is kind of a nice one because there is some semblance of discussion and you you get to learn a little bit of the backstory about these uh, people so it's 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 really good so we'll start with announcements and on sunday at 6 p.m the gabriel's inferno fan podcast will be doing part one of chapter five and that's at 6 p.m new york time uh trilogia de gabriel is sundays or sorry saturdays about three and Noites Influencia, uh, they'll be coming back. They're working on O Judgmento de Gabriel. 
and Noches Influencia, keep a watch because they're they're teasing about coming back fairly soon. So that's great news for them. Um, as we all know, SR is writing uh, Gabriel 4. Um, he's hoping that he can have it out by the time the movie's ready. So just, you know, he teases every now and then with things, so watch for that. Um, also, the, the Passion Flicks has optioned the first three Gabriel books. So We're uh, so excited. That is going to be fun. And uh, I know that Nina and SR are uh, planning a read-along, but they have not uh, figured out where they are yet. Hi, SC Martin. How are you today? And um, so we'll see what goes from there. So it's, if you, ha if you had, are not a member of Passion Flicks, you can go in. There's uh uh, you can check on SR's website. I know that he's got a, a hyperlink there. It's uh, http colon backslash backslash geni period is backslash passionflix sr, and that'll take you right to a sign in a, a log sign up page for Passionflix. Yes, and in fact, I'm going to put that in the chat. Although I think everybody probably knows this. Um, that way, you have it right at your fingers tips and look through our tweets too because i've been putting it out there every day as well so you can go in for that um also sr wrote as we all know found out saturday um as uh in fan fiction uh he wrote a little out a uh, little out blurb of stardust over florence and uh he let us know today that um he is going to be extending what's on the on the fan fiction site uh, to include what he couldn't really put into this on fan fiction. Uh, fan, mm. fan fiction, uh, from what he was on with the uh, Gabriel series on Sunday night, he was saying that they sometimes, if you get too explicit in the uh, sexual content of of a story, they will uh, take it off. Uh, they mm. did that with E.L. James when she was writing uh, the Twilight fan fiction that became Fifty Shades. And as you know, uh, SR started Gabriel's as, as Twilight fan fiction. Uh, and he was known as Sebastian Rubbishot at that point. So it's complicated. And he still used fun. that, didn't he? For this um, one. In this one, yes. He, he still has his... Uh, his ability to go on and do it so that was very cool so look for that and also it the, it's going to be part of a compilation as a charity compilation um that's out there for babies at the border um if you go into their blog site and if you do donate ten dollars or more to the uh different charities that they have listed there uh and fact or email them a copy of the receipt you will get a copy of the compilation, which is coming out, and I believe October. So it's for a worthy cause, and it's great fun to see where uh, Gabriel and Julia are in the future. Because so, with the baby in school, and she's teaching now. I mean, it's it gets a little. I can't. You know, I still haven't read it. I've, I've, I'm kind of holding on because I want to have a certain. You know, it's one of the kind of like when I have a, a book that I've been waiting and waiting for sometimes I will wait until I have like the right moment to read mm -hmm. which is kind of silly but um, 
I was so thrilled to see that. And I was thinking, hmm, I wonder if this is an outtake from the book or if this is something he hasn't been able to fit into the book or just kind of something that was short enough but not to be a whole subplot, you know? Yeah, I think it just, it's like that. And we might need to, uh, I don't know if he's addressed that yet in any of the chat rooms, but have you um, seen that at all? Uh, I, Anyone? Uh, this is uh, This has been written specially just for... Uh, this for the that's coming in. compilation, yeah, okay. it's not really an outtake, and it's and not something that's going to actually be included in the fourth book. But um, it's uh, it was it's very it's very good. It's uh, on the uh, Gabriel podcast on Sunday when he when Gabriel was uh, celebrating his birthday. He and I had a nice long chat about the hotel gallery art in Florence. And uh, we talked about the sushi and the bartender, and, <laughs> and just the whole, the whole place. So it was very fun. That was cute. Um, also, if you're not a member of SRS Fox Den in Facebook, go ahead and get yourself in there because he sends a lot of interesting stuff. In fact, that's basically where the announcement came through uh, for this uh, post that he did, Stardust Over Florence. And if you, and also if you go in and sign up for his newsletter, you'll you'll be able to catch up on the all the news. One of the neat things is with with Passion Flicks picking up uh, the Gabriel series option. When they do start filming, they have a lot of uh, fan days where you get invited to be on set, and sometimes you even get to do a walk on. So you know that he'll be going through his blog site to uh, his newsletter, announcing those things as well. Yeah, and he was always, uh, I mean, that's always been the, the the official source of news, or at least one of them for his work. So um, I'm actually going to also put that up here. I think everybody knows that by heart. But um, Hey, Betty. Welcome. She's probably still recovering from the birthday party. I think so. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes, goodness. for those Lots who I think some of you were on uh, on Sunday was celebrating Gabriel's forty uh, first birthday, I believe. Correct. Second, forty second. Forty second. Oh my gosh, how time flies! Hi, Betty. Um, I was only able to join for a very brief sliver, and I was having trouble hearing and connecting. Um, but it was a lot of fun when I got to hear, and I'm going to try and listen to the whole thing um, sometime this week, hopefully. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it was good. It was a, get a read into the chat room, too. It was fun. We had a lot of fun. Oh, definitely. So, they, but I will, I will say this right now. Uh, Gabriel and Julia are not canoeing anywhere, nor are Acacia and Nicholas at this point in time. <laughs> or Raven and William. <laughs> at least I don't think Raven and William are. <laughs> I don't know. Their water's pretty high in these parts. The river would be going pretty qu swiftly. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, when is my interview? When is the boss interviewing me? Um, we haven't decided on a date on that. Yet. <laughs> That we, a, should we, had be. A little, we had a little joke this week because um, there's a, a line, uh, there's an article written about Canadians and 
uh, you can tell if you're Canadian if you can make love in a canoe without tipping over. <laughs> yes, I had I had a feeling that was something to do with the. I, I had a feeling that was the line of reasoning you were going down with the canoe. Yes, yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> and and Betty says I get a feeling Richard will definitely meet Pam. You never know. You never know. It can definitely be done, but I don't know about those things. So, um. <laughs> oh, Pam, thou doth protest too much. <laughs> you know, what can I say? So I know. Another chapter the, for your book. That's why the boss wants to interview me. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Lori, Lori, Lori was thinking the same thing as she was typing it as I was saying it. It's a chapter in Pam's oh memoir. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you better... You better keep writing that memoir, Pam, because a lot of people want to read it. I know they do. I keep getting that. I'm just a normal kid, you know what I mean? I'm a normal kid from Philadelphia. Yeah, with some extraordinary stories, well, some really cool things, truly. It happens. It happens. I know. So. Well, I'm thinking and speaking of... Uh, great stories so we're turning our attention now to chapter 20 i cannot believe we're on chapter 20 of the man in the black suit already how can that be i know didn't we already didn't this just you know we didn't we just start this, this? yeah <laughs> we just started this <laughs> time flies doesn't it <laughs> it's hard to believe and this, uh, you know, as, as we mentioned, uh, for those of you who just joined us or joined us a little bit later, I mean, this really is a, a juicy chapter, a pivotal chapter when we kind of get to learn a lot more about the characters. <laughs> and uh, Lori said, your life is way more interesting than mine, Pam. <laughs> I'm actually a very boring person. <laughs> Real reality. I don't. I disagree with that statement. Um, but... Uh, this chapter, as, as you know, is uh, opens when Acacia has been whisked away out of Paris to escape those who were trying to harm her, um, the unknown uh, people who jumped her outside the hotel um, against her preference. She ended up making an alliance and agreeing to go with with the. Uh, Nicholas because um, she really didn't have any other options and she feared for her safety so uh, he was able to arrange for her to fly out of Paris and arrive safely in Switzerland at his parents home so the chapter opens a few minutes before seven uh, when Acacia is getting ready to go downstairs for dinner she was panicked because she packed haphazardly and uh obviously uh as you recall last week uh let's just say nicholas's home was uh quite uh lovely and i would say very much a beautiful european estate or rhode island and <laughs> yeah it's it's not just a little shack in the mountains here no. we're talking quite lovely and she wanted to be appropriate uh, dress appropriately for dinner, but she really didn't have um, much uh, because she was in such a rush when she packed. So she opted for the simple classic black jeans and black shirt. Um, 
and she was really tired and a bit out of sorts because she didn't sleep well with dreams of being chased through the streets of Paris um, through the Latin Quarter and Notre Dame. Uh, she was really kind of unsettled um, as she went halfway down the stairs and she remembered she had left her purse and cell phone in the bedroom. Uh, she turned around and went back up the stairs to open the door. Um, and she noticed there was a light from the windows that looked over, out over the terrace and that the curtains were wide open. And she realized at that point that she was in the incorrect room. Um, but as she gazed around, she ended up determining and having an idea of whose room it actually was. There was a large canopy bed, a desk, a chair, a couch, an easel with a half-finished watercolor of Mont Blanc, palettes of paints and brushes on a nearby table, open books, post-it notes, and a framed picture of a teenage gangly boy and girl in tennis outfits. And so, you know, again, SR really he paints a picture with his words and you can really visualize this setting as you're reading this and you know it really appeared like this is something that was still in place um that you, you know it, it seemed like there was uh you know, there had been activity that was happening um and the, the owner of the room had left and uh left things unfinished and she realized as she was looking at the photo and understanding that with the paints and the brushes nearby, she realized that the photo was of Reva and Nicholas and that she know, was actually in Reva's room. Do you know in the house that I grew up in, it was um, my, it originally was my great grandmother's house and then my grandmother bought it and then my parents bought it. The um, bedroom that was my great grandmother's Wow. And she was known as Grandmommy. Looked like she was going to walk in there any minute and go to bed. Her dresser had her brushes just so and all the... And I was like... I can remember going in there as a kid and moving things around and I'd get, Who was in there? Uh-huh. <laughs> so it does uh, happen. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's not uncommon um, at all. And, you know, it as... as uh, Betty said, that was such a surreal moment. It felt like the room was frozen in time. I, I agree. Mm -hmm. And Joni said she loved that. Reva was such a part of the book all the way through. Mm -hmm. And that's true. I mean, Reva is definitely a character in this story. She is. She um, is. And yet, you know, I can remember when SR was first promoting the story, mm -hmm. he um, pinpointed the fact that what he, what he felt strongly about with these characters is how uh, family-oriented they were and mm -hmm. how much respect they had for, for their families. And I, you know what? It seems like that's a common theme throughout his work too, right? Mm -hmm. There's such a, scent, a focus on it. And it's, it, it can be different families in different shapes and forms. And um, yeah. And... Uh, as Betty said, indeed, her absence was felt mm -hmm. um, most definitely throughout the story. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, she, she was realized it's Reva's room. She started to step back, and she noticed the picture of the of Reva above the fireplace. And 
uh, alas, as she had that realization and when she was trying to leave, who does she see but Juliet standing in the door? And, you know, I can imagine being in Juliet's shoes and being a little displeased that the guest was in a room that was very personal to the family. And she was probably trying to protect the family a bit. She didn't really know anything about Akasi at this point. And uh, so Juliet stood in the door, excused herself, and told her that this was one of the family rooms. Akasi apologized, saying she had forgotten her purse. And Juliet then accompanied her to her room, saying that Nicholas wanted to have dinner on the terrace. And Juliet waited as she retrieved her purse and cell phone and escorted her to the terrace. And I, I was just curious about, you know, I, I can understand being in a house of that size, mm -hmm. how everything could look a lot alike and you could make that escape, that uh, mistake. So I, I'm sure Acacia felt, I, I'm sure she felt really terrible about the whole situation. Mm -hmm. um, so... At this point, um, as she approached the terrace, Acacia saw Gretel with a tray trying to open the door. And Nicholas um, told Gretel to wait, and he opened the door for her. He was being very generous and very helpful. And, you know, noticing the scene play out um, for Acacia had, uh, you know, made her kind of reconsider him a little bit because as Pierre Breckman, he was really demanding. He was tough. He'd been a bugger, you know. He was yeah, not yeah. he was not gracious at all. Um and she was kind of pondering this and as if he could hear her thoughts, he looked up at her. And of course being very dashing wearing the purple shirt with the black suit and no tie at this point. He was relaxed. Mm-hmm. He was uh, in his home. Yes. So Betty also wanted to uh, about the Reva. Um, it reminds it reminds her that Grace and um, Raven's dad. They're both mentioned throughout the Gabriel series and the Florentine series, but they too have uh, passed on, and you know, they've become like a a figure with a, a character within the book themselves. It's true. It's true. It's a great observation. Actually, yeah. I hadn't really thought about how many characters are in the story but are not um, part of the story at that point. Right. They're like a, they're they're important to the characters, but they're not a focal point. Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean? So. Yes. Yes. And Laurie had said yes. She had only been there for a moment. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> So, uh, as uh, she gets to the bottom of the stairs, uh, Nicholas tells Juliet that he would escort Acacia to the terrace. And he's asking if she's Rel West. Rel, I feel like I'm Elmer Fudd. Rel, well rested and well weaponed. Have you had any wine today, Pam? No, actually, I've had a nice tea. That's about it. Are um, you being, are you? Being uh, like Kathy Lee and Hoda. <laughs> no, I'm not being like Kathy Lee and Hoda at the moment. It's not wine time yet. I have it. I bought it, but I haven't opened it yet. Um, but any, so anyway, so see, he's helping her, and 
asking if she's uh, rested, and, and she's like, you know, what do you say? No, I didn't sleep well. I had a lot of bad dreams. She's like, yes, I did. Thank you. <laughs> uh, she Then she turned and she says, do you always wear black suits? And he said, no, but gray or navy suits look inferior. And so I think there's a spark of attraction that's beginning to show there. But yes. I mean, I think they both have, and even when he was Breckman, he was someone to be noticed, right? He had that presence. You couldn't not know he was there. And she, of course, um, was uh, very beautiful and very gracious and smart, intelligent. Um, and so I'm sure that was very attractive to him as well. So it's, you know, it's very, very easy to see how that could possibly be. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Betty says she liked his explanation. So as he's, he's motioned to her to go through the door that Gretel had just gone through, they've now gone into this elegant sitting room and, off of the sitting room is a, is a dining room which then takes you outdoors to a terrace and the terrace I, I can just imagine um, is this huge green lawn with, with that goes down into like a forest area and yes. you see the Alps and you also see Mont Blanc so the view is probably gorgeous it reminds me of where my former daughter-in-law grew up uh, her her parents were house managers to this very wealthy man along the Hudson River and um, they took care of so she basically grew up in this house and it's it was part of it was supposed to mirror uh, the Rockefeller house in Hyde Park because they were right across the Hudson River oh. from each other and when you were when you were in the living room and this living room was about three sizes of my length of my house um there were these uh, French doors and you looked out on this lawn that went all the way down to the river and it was absolutely gorgeous and then you could see across the river to the other side and what they went through. So I can just imagine what they were just dealing with on that. Um, and so Nicholas had thought that dinner would be a lot nicer on the terrace because of the uh, the view that they would have but she also noticed that the terrace was actually underneath the balcony from her room because she could tell by the by the trellis that was there that she had tried earlier. Um, and the table was set for two and it had a bar holding a bottle of pastis and a silver pitcher of water. Uh, so Nicholas suggested they eat there again because of the view and he asked if she would like an imperatif. And he also had the chef create a meal for her because she'd never gotten to any of the Guy Savoy restaurant in Paris. He asked the chef to mirror a meal that you would have gotten at Guy Savoy's for her. And Which sounded wonderful, right? I mean, talk about being thoughtful. Exactly. And, and, and trying to, make I think trying to be home. welcoming, maybe trying to make amends for the way he treated her earlier. Mm -hmm trying to impress her, you know, all of yep. those things. So as she said, yes, she would have the drink. So he gave Acacia, Acacia the, the drink with of pasties and, and it was in a tall glass over ice with some water. So we asked SR. Of course we did. Yes. 
Inquiring minds wanted to know. Exactly. Do you enjoy pasties? And why did you choose this aperitif? Was this another Bourdain-inspired moment? Um, And his response was, I'm not especially fond of pasties, although I don't mind it in summer. I drink Paranaud with a lot of ice and then mixed with water. And it was something I picked up while he was traveling. Um, and for those who don't know what pastis is, it's it's very similar to um, Sambuca. I don't know if you've ever had Sambuca, but it's part of the anise. It's like a licorice flavor, yeah, right? Licorice flavor. Mm-hmm. Anise. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I know that I've drank a lot of Sambuca in my time, mostly at night um, in coffee mm-hmm. or and when I was in my crazy single days. We would do shots of it <laughs> chilled on ice, but and it was cool. Yes. Cause it would make it frosty. But it, yes, but, well, know. in the in the, in the Greek realm, that's uh, it's ouzo, so that's it, it still has. Uh huh. Yeah, it's it's a similar similar line, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because I did see some people not this time, but when I was in Greece before, I did see people adding water to it, mm-hmm. which I thought was very interesting because it it kind of makes it milky like a, a milky color mm-hmm. it also um, cuts down the sweetness i think i know yes. the sambuca especially i mm-hmm. can't say for the pasties but um but right i've not had pasties but neither have I. I i would try Hi, it i know it's supposed to be refreshing it's good to see monica mm-hmm. and uh you know betty was saying in terms of uh having this special meal created uh, that maybe he was trying to make her feel the way she made him feel with her concierge service. That's so I think that's a good point. And Joni said she's so glad that we so glad that we asked him. Oh, we had lots of questions from this week, Joni. Yeah, we did. <laughs> and Not he that even he said answered they, all or, of them, but he did answer he, some. He, but he did answer some. That's true. And uh, it it was funny though because he was. Uh, in his response to us, he, he even uh, said that they were, um, good questions. that we came up with some good questions. <laughs> so, so this was just one of them. So while, while they're drinking their uh, pasties with water, um, he, he saw that Acacia was looking over at the bar. And uh, Nicholas noticed that and said that his family had a great wine cellar. So she complimented the house and asked how long they had lived in it. Uh, Nicholas told her that it was built in the 19th century by one of his ancestors. The Casseras had lived there ever since. And uh, she was graceful for, for his hospitality, but had had questions, of course. Um, she said the Cassera is a German name. And then he started teasing her that she's done her research. We all know how well. Which SR shouldn't does surprise research. him at all. <laughs> and uh, he told her that they were related to the more famous branch of the family uh, that wasn't from Germany. But his branch of the family quit Germany in the 1860s and settled in, in Switzerland in Colony. And uh, yeah, I thought that was, you know. Again, this is why we really, Pam and I were looking forward to talking about this chapter because you do get a lot of backstory mm-hmm. um, on these characters. And this is just one of the, the pieces. Um, you kind of get to learn a little bit more about him. 
and about uh, his family's background. Uh, for example, his father had been born in the house. And Acacia questioned him on his living there, and he told her that he actually lived in Zurich. Um, she asked why he did not take her to his Zurich place. And I, I thought this response was also um, very, some of it was uh, very practical and also very sweet. He responded that if someone was actually looking for them, he would look in Monaco, they would look in Monaco for Pierre Breckman. And if they would know that he indeed was Nicholas Kesserer, that they would immediately go to Zurich. And he said they'd be a couple steps ahead of them um, by having them at the, his parents' home. He said the security was much better here in Colony and that they were chaperoned. Um, which I thought was very sweet. I and Acacia, it, it, it actually made me chuckle a little bit, but it, it, it also, I think, speaks to uh, his sensibility for decorum, right? And it reminded um, me of a guy that I used to work with, um, this guy Chris, who has a uh, house in the mountains. And mm -hmm. we, we would go, Chris and this other guy, Bob, and I would go out to lunch sometimes, and it would be, You'd leave for lunch a quarter of 12 and not go back to the office until 6 o'clock and uh, type of lunch. And he, we always had a lot of laughs together, the three of us. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'd get into trouble together, which was fine. It was all good trouble. And um, I remember Chris saying to me one day, you know, it's a shame you're not married because I would love to have you and Bob come to the house in the Poconos with us, with me. And I said, you know, I'm a grown woman. I don't need a chaperone. But he wanted right. to make sure he was married and Bob was married. And they wanted to make sure that, you know, there was nothing Everything improper. So right. I thought, right. yeah, it reminded me of that. Which is it's, it's very sweet. And uh, Betty said that he is a bit old-fashioned, very nice. I had actually said that William, I thought William would approve. And oh, Joni... Um, <laughs> And Joni also agreed. She said, that's so attractive. And I think it is. It's very considerate. Um, Acacia thought she might laugh um, when he mentioned being chaperoned. Um, but then Nicholas had stated that he might be old-fashioned. And she said that he was very thoughtful in, um, in his approach. And, um, you know, to your point, Pam, with your, your friends, you know, I, I can understand that especially if it's a work situation, um, that it's, it's nice that they were being thoughtful. Um, so Nicholas uh, continued the conversation by asking how she was feeling. And she said, working nights takes a toll on you. Um, sleeping during the day is tough. And I think we all know that. I've, um, I've had to work some late nights. I have never had to do the entire third shift but I've had many, I've known many people who do, and it's tough. You know, even working at a bar, if you don't get back till three in the morning, you, you know, you're wired. You, yeah, you don't I, go to bed till four, and it does, it does mess with your your energy level and your sleep cycle. I see it with my son now. My son delivers for insomnia cookies, and he doesn't get home till sometimes three, four in the morning. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, so it's like he comes in. And it's hard when Isabella's here because she wants to immediately, as soon as she wakes up, she wants to go see her daddy. 
Exactly. You know, and he's maybe had an hour, two hours sleep at the most. So it it is hard. It's hard on the body. My uncle Mm -hmm. did it for 27 years, night shift. Oh. I don't know how he did it. Wow. And Joni's saying that uh, two of her kids are night nurses. So, wow, Joni. I can only imagine that's... um, and and working uh, the night shift, I had a friend of mine who's who was a who is now a, a professor at Penn State, but she had worked a night sh- she had worked night shifts um, in Philly. I forget which hospital you would know the one you would know which one it is, Pam. But um, that was a it was a very busy shift for her. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, it's 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 it, it is tough on the body. Um, S.C. Martin had said uh, when referencing the uh, really um, chaperone comment that it was very sweet for sure. And Lori also agreed with Joni that it is a very attractive comment or very attractive uh, quality. I see Kez. Good Good morning. morning. Good day, I guess, as they say. Mm -hmm. Down under. Down uh, under. So happy you're here. And, uh, you know, <laughs> she, she's rubbing her eyes. She slept in. Kez, I'm so impressed that you are able to wake up for this. Thank you so much. Thank Good you. morning. It's, I'm so happy when we see our friends on, who can make the podcast live. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mon works until 11 p.m., so she... <laughs> and it's so late she, for Monica, too. She's over in Portugal. I know. Oh, my gosh, Monica. Thank you. Very, very late. I, um, you know, so we're talking about uh, working the night shift and um, Acacia said it's very tough, but she was strong. Um, And Nicholas was aware of what had happened at the hotel. So he said he should have checked to see if she needed a doctor because it was a traumatic event. And he he was very um, almost apologetic about the fact that he didn't think to have a doctor uh, available to her. And it actually surprised Acacia because she had not expected this kind of consideration. Um, so again, this is the two of them getting to know each other and, and learning a little bit more about each other. Um, and especially uh, Acacia really discovering who this Nicholas person is. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he's definitely not the Pierre Breckman she first encountered. That's for sure. She had assured Nicholas that she was okay, um, that the attack had frightened her, but she was not hurt. He was relieved to hear that and told her he would like her to, he would like to take her to the museum after dinner, um, which I thought was another really wonderful, uh, kind, considerate uh, gesture. Okay. Um, I mean, and and also very personal one. I mean, that is. That is inviting you into your his you know his family's collections you know exactly. for her to have that access I thought that was very lovely and I think that really also reflected his um, admiration how he how he thought about right his admiration of her and her knowledge and um, his consideration of her love of art. So, and she had addressed him as Monsieur, but Nicholas had told her that they did not need such formality. 
so now as they're sitting. <laughs> so now they're on the first name basis, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, he continued the conversation and had said that Rick had mentioned that she had trained in martial arts and what form. Um, as she was eating her mamu's bouche, which is similar to an hors d'oeuvre, um, a small bite or two, usually a chef's specialty that's brought out to the table in a restaurant and paired with a wine. So it's something that is uh, provided uh, complimentary or gratis. And uh, she said it was delicious. And she had told him that she had studied Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but when she came to France, she had studied karate. And Nicholas had said that he started studying a few years before. And he was a man of many layers, but she wanted to know about that meeting that Marcel had set up. And uh, so, you know, Acacia is, you know, she did her research on him. She really is trying to piece together who was the person behind the attacks mm -hmm. and what really was going on at the hotel. So, you know, Nicholas responded to her question. Um, he finished his amuse-bouche and told her that the details were not known. Um, he said, you know, you don't just say you have a stolen painting for sale, um, but you do put it out there that you have a rare work for sale, and then you wait for an appropriate buyer. So you do things very um, clandestine. Intermediaries are used and vouch for. Names are not exchanged. So it's, it's he, I think he's very genuine in knowing that the details were not known because they used several different people to set up these meetings. Acacia asked if he knew who had attacked her and what they wanted. And uh, as, uh, as, Betty, or, as Betty said, uh, <laughs> can you imagine Nicholas and Acacia practicing their karate moves in the gym? <laughs> yes. Good. <laughs> and Monica was saying many talents. <laughs> she's yeah, many she, talents she girl that she does yes she does. Um, uh, uh, when she asked about who these people were that had come after her uh, Nicholas told her that they were Bosnian and mm -hmm. that they were still looking for as to why they went after her um, he asked how her amused bush was now I just have to back up a minute. I had to look that one up because I had no clue I really didn't yes so I, that's how I found out what it was before. So um, it being this little delicacy that the chef will always bring to a table, um, which was, but she said it was delicious. And she sipped her aperitif as, and as Gretel took her plate away. She was, they were then served appetizers. And with the appetizers was a nice sherry, and uh, which Nicholas had approved of. Uh, and the chef had recommended with the gazpacho. I love gazpacho. I know. When he wrote that in there, it made me hungry for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh -huh. Oh, my gosh. You just saw Monica saying wax, wax on, wax, wax off. off. You make it cracking me up. <laughs> that movie was on the other day, last week. On, <laughs> on uh, I don't know what channel. It was actually Karate Kid Part 2. 
if you remember that classic. Uh, yes, I do. Mr. I Miyagi. What a great Miyagi, film. Yes, and I, and I saw the other one where they went back to Japan for Okinawa. <laughs> Patrick was young enough at the time where they were the movies you had to go see. So. I, I, I know. They so, were fun. Yes. And so, so. Um, Betty had said that Acacia and Nicholas have to teach her how to manage her time. They work, do research, fight crime, and still manage to find time to work out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Betty. Uh, it's all the perfect life, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, but they both, uh, Acacia felt that it was the theater of, of the absurd as they saluted each other with their aperitifs and their mm -hmm. sherry. Uh, they were drinking in this gorgeous surrounding while her attackers were roaming free. You know, which yeah. I can see too. It, it is, but sometimes you have to almost have that suspension. You know, you have to take your moment or have a zero day. I, I found out that is a, t a term that hikers use, taking a zero day, mm -hmm. which essentially is just stopping in place, not just, advancing, and just being. And just being. And that's, that's important to do too. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and so oh, I, I can see how she thought it was a bit absurd that they are, you know, in the in the Alps and overseeing this beautiful view and having this lovely um, gourmet dinner. Um, so I, I could see what she was saying. But I also think, you know, good for them. They actually kind of needed that to have time to recover. Mm -hmm. That's true. And. You know, it's a, and they were still talking a little bit about what was going on with Rick. Um, you know, because she knew that uh, she she thought maybe Nicholas knew a little bit more than he was letting on. Um, that Rick had got one of the uh, guys down on the ground, and and uh, she was worried. You know, she's like, "Well, did he did he leave him? Let him go?" and she had he called the police and and Nicholas said no that he had they had not called the police and that uh, Rick had let him go uh, when they left her at the hotel and he was um, when she asked why he told her that he was trying to send a message to the attacker's superiors mm -hmm. and Nicholas wanted to make sure that that message got higher and so she asked what it was and to quote from the book and I actually like this quote and <laughs> fucks with you fucks with me I actually was wondering if SR was going to say that was his favorite but I he thought didn't. he would but he didn't no he didn't, he didn't have a quote for this chapter but and it kind of took Acacia back in back a bit but she you know but she thought he had you know with all the aliases he used that the, but the message just surprised her so mm -hmm. we asked we asked SR Acacia was surprised by the forceful profanity from Nicholas. Why did you choose to include this? And the boss answered, Nicholas's profanity was intentional on his part. I think he was trying to communicate strength and forcefulness, and since he wasn't given to profanity, it made sense for him to use it at the time. And we also got a little winky smile on that. Yes. So. And, and that does make sense. Mm -hmm. Um. And, you know, as Betty said, uh, Betty said that's her favorite quote, too, and um, that they needed to figure out why Acacia is being cha has been chased. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it's, I know Blind did surprise 
me for for how you know you're in this setting you know mm-hmm. this kind of ser- serene quiet peaceful place and mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it sort of comes out he pipes up yes yes it does Lori thought it was her it made it made the point yes so, I, I think it does and I'll be honest when I first read it the the it's the line surprised me a bit because well I'm, you know and obviously I'm not prudish or a prude of any kind but this was not the this was not in Nicholas's character I don't think mm-hmm. and you know I just I could not see him using the profanity but I'm glad he did it but it's right it just it, it took me back a little bit well, it for me, it made me think, ah, this is kind of where the Pierre Breckman comes from, right? Mm-hmm. Or this is kind of showing that Pierre Breckman side of him. Mm-hmm. Um, the forceful, uh, rough uh, presence, you know, this yes. vigilante kind of character. Oh, hello, Lorraine. Good hello, to Lorraine. see you that you could join us. Oh, it's so good to see everybody. You know, but once Rick was seen at the hotel, Monsieur Roy, or Roy in English, would have placed him with Pierre Breckman. And uh, so Nicholas thought it was important that he send the message. And as soon as Akasi returns to Paris, she figures she's going to be in danger again. And uh, Nicholas assured her that she didn't know anything damaging. As long as she stayed away from the hotel, she would be fine. But she had that book upstairs. Right. Under a mattress. That's. He yeah. doesn't know yet. Right. I mean, she, she's. She, and I'm kind of wondering, too, as she's sitting there on this beautiful setting with this fine dinner and learning how um, or observing such consideration and kindness coming from him. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if she feels a little bit like, you know, maybe I should have opened up to him maybe I shouldn't have hidden this secret but um, you know mm-hmm. she she knew that there was something that the attacker wanted and uh, it happens to be upstairs in her bedroom mm-hmm. so they may have forgotten her but they definitely would not have forgotten Pierre Breckman and Nicholas said that if they were to dig deeper, that they would actually find that Breckman was also an arms dealer because he planted the evidence today indicating that. And I know the mention of an arms dealer was very striking to and um, startling to Acacia. Mm-hmm. And she wondered if that would ruin his alias. He had told her that Silka had already done that by putting herself in the tabloids. And that reference, that really horrible picture that she had, mm-hmm. um, that really kind of led the book um, when Breckman was so angry um, at, at when Silka. First... And when he was he first came into the hotel. Right. And Acacia and had said to Nicholas that she really was sorry. Um, she had seen the pictures and she thought what Silka had done was cruel and disgusting which I completely agree it was very terrible that he did that and Akasi had said that surely the VRB must have looked into you 
And she said, you know, she was pretty sure that this Breckman character would have been uh, really kind of scrubbed uh, to, to see what his past included, especially after uh, the event at the hotel. And Nicholas asked her if her boyfriend had found anything, which I thought, talking about people doing their research, right? I mean, Akasi mm. wasn't the only one doing the research. True. Um, so we asked SR, why didn't Acacia correct Nicholas when he referred to Luke as his boyfriend, as her boyfriend? And he told us, um, as, as in response to your questions about Acacia and Nicholas's reference to Luke, I let readers come to their own conclusions and another winky face. <laughs> as only SR can do. I know. I you know. know. What do you guys think in the chat room there? Why do you, why do you think Acacia didn't correct Nicholas? I'm just curious to see. Monica didn't like Acacia's mm. exit first. Yes. Lorraine said it's so SR. Yes, Lorraine, I totally agree. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, you know, when I first read it, I, I figured it was kind of a protective thing. Mm -hmm. Because she's still in that protection mode for herself. Yep. You know? I was thinking she was thinking it's none of his business. Mm -hmm. He's not, he's wrong about that, but I don't need to get into it. I don't want to delve into my relationship with him. Um, and Monica said in this chapter, she still doesn't like him. And Kaz says she still doesn't quite trust Nicholas, maybe. Which, Kaz, I do. I agree with that, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Monica said it's like a Paul thing. Sorry, Betty. <laughs> <laughs> and Lorraine said she didn't want him to think she was alone and it's not his business. True. Uh, Lori thought it was because Cassia was keeping her guard up. Which kind of goes along your lines, Pam, what you yeah. were thinking. And... Um, then Betty was saying, I think Acacia kept it a mystery because she wanted to make sure Nicholas knew someone was looking out for her. If he wanted to do something to her, someone would notice she is missing. It's true. <laughs> it is true. Mm -hmm. um, S.C. Martin said she agrees. She didn't think it was his business. <laughs> don't want, don't care. <laughs> don't want, don't care. <laughs> Monica, you're cracking me up. Mm -hmm. And Kez said that's true, Betty. Agreed. Agreed. All really good um, observations. But Monica, I have to say, I do have a little crush on Luke, so uh, it's not to Betty epic, Betty's epic levels. No. But I think I think he's sweet for being so concerned about her. I it might be a little clingy. I I, I agree with that, but just a tad. Just yeah. a tad. Yeah, well, she was. She's an extraordinary woman, she and is. I like the fact that SR writes really strong women characters. That's one of the things I like to read about him. That's one of the reasons I like to read his writing. So, Nicholas had assured her it was okay um, that he and Silka, in, in reference to uh, the fact that she was sorry for those terrible photos. Um, and he said it was really fine because they did not have a traditional relationship. 
And he said he'd probably shock her if he told her. Um, but nothing really shocked Acacia as, um, as, and she, as we know, and I think she said that to him actually. And in the midst of that discussion, the phone chirped. I was kind of sad the phone chirped there because I wanted to see where that would go. Like, mm-hmm. I was curious if he was, if she would have pried his, uh, his, his relationship details out of him or not. Well, I, you know, you come to the, yeah, but you come to the conclusion mm-hmm. it, it was basically, you know, a fuck buddy, period. Yeah, yeah, so. Exa- exactly. Uh, Lorraine had said, <laughs> exes, well, they are exes. Or Monica said, exes, <laughs> well, they are exes. Well, Lorraine said, laugh out loud, nothing is like Betty's crush level. This is true. <laughs> no one has yes. that epic that epic love that Betty has for her beloved Paul. And Kate (laughs) and the uh, Inspector What a Shame, according to Kez. Yes. That would be cute. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is is funny. And then Betty said, Luke is cute. And the way the relationship ended left him wondering where they went wrong. No closure. That's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, good, good observation, Betty. So, the text message was what had chirped. Nicholas had told her to take it, and he would, he went to, he excused himself to tell the chef to hold the next course. So, as she looked into her phone, you kind of knew there was nothing good coming from these texts, right? I mean, when I was reading this, I was thinking, uh-oh, what happened? There were two voicemails from Luke and several texts from Kate. Her apartment, Acacia's apartment, had been trashed. She did not know when it happened and did not hear anything. The door was wide open and everything was on the floor. Kate asked if she should call the police or Luke. Acacia sat back in her chair. Another text arrived. Um, her, her clothes were ripped from the closet. Dressers were empty. Glasses and dishes were smashed onto the floor. She stifled a gasp. And you knew, you know, as they were coming up. Footsteps sounded behind her, and and Nicholas said, what is it? She lifted her phone so Nicholas could see the images. He scrolled through the pictures and asked if this was her apartment. And he asked if anyone was hurt uh, in this incident and handed the phone back to her. Fortunately, no one was hurt. Acacia told him that her cat was being taken care of by a neighbor and that she had not heard anything but saw that her door was open. Nicholas cursed, saying someone had not taken his message seriously. She asked what he meant, and he more or less told her, he reiterated what he said earlier, anyone who fucks with you fucks with me. We will make them pay. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, that was a really strong, forceful ending. You know, it's funny because yeah. when, we when I was I was looking <clears throat> to make a creative for this particular chapter, which I never got around to, mm-hmm. I thought about um, doing the robbery part. My sister, a couple of months ago, was robbed. Um, somebody broke into her house, and uh, I went over later on after my later in the day when she got home from work, and I went upstairs and she was too nervous to take pictures with her phone, so. I, I was taking taking pictures because she 
my brother-in-law didn't want anything to be moved in the bedroom in particular mm -hmm. because he wanted her to see what what happened and literally they had taken the drawers out of out of her dresser dumped them on the floor in the bed her jewelry box was dumped all over um, my brother-in-law had a desk in there uh, in in their bedroom that he keeps his work paperwork on that was all torn apart his he had a he has a a high boy and that was all torn apart with clothes all over the place and they had also had um, two televisions stolen they tried to go for a third but they couldn't get to the um, that where they they would have had to have disconnected from the cable or from the mm. electrical outlet because it would have been too heavy that's to terrible to move. it was awful it was and you know my sister was all upset that um, there were some you know my mom she, she my mom's engagement ring was never touched and her mother-in-law's uh, a ring that was given to her from her mother-in-law uh, after she passed away that wasn't touched um, but she couldn't find a Pandora bracelet that my brother-in-law had given her and she couldn't find my mom's charm bracelet and mm. the charm bracelet was something that you know it, it, it was my mom's life in this bracelet oh. literally literally and she got so she was very upset about that it's understandable good news, on good news on that one um it was about a, a week and a half ago two weeks ago she was in a drawer that she was always in and there was a box in the drawer and just out of happenstance she opened it and there was my mom's charm bracelet oh my gosh yeah so it, we always we, i was saying that you know mom watched out for her with that mm -hmm. so thank god but um yeah it's it's unbelievable i mean as as the chapter ends as joni says i mean he's pissed breckman is furious because um actually nicholas is i'm thinking i i kind of i kind of equate when he gets angry and belligerent with breckman behavior but um he's really angry and laurie had said she's so glad the cat was not left in the apartment. I yeah, was really yeah. thinking the same thing. I mean, that was such, and and if Nicholas wouldn't have told her to make sure anything of value was removed, I'm afraid of what would have happened to that I poor know. little kitty. I know. Well, Monica was saying her parents were robbed, mm -hmm. um, the same all out of place, and and that their dog, her dog, was injured. Yeah. Um, yeah. S. C. Martin said that they had done the same to her. They it's terrible. Her, and they took her luggage and loaded it with goods as they they left. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, she says all the jewelry, Monica was saying all her jewelry was gone from baby years. And mm -hmm. she doesn't have anything now. Yeah, I've been through that one, too. I don't have anything That's left. horrible. I'm so sorry, you guys. It's yeah. terrible. And uh, S.C. Martin said the same thing. She said they took everything except what I was wearing. Mm. With my sister, my I live in, in a row house. So it's sort of like a uh, townhouse type of situation. Mm -hmm. And um, I heard somebody on her porch, and I went out and I saw somebody bending over, and I thought it was a delivery person, because my sister and Amazon have a very close personal relationship. <laughs> and I thought somebody was dropping something off, and so I didn't think mm -hmm. anything of it. And um, we have our porches are our part of the of the row have identical doorways. We both have porches. Um, we have these glass paneled doors.
and to take care of that we have both have locks where you have to use the key on the inside and the outside to get in and out um you know because otherwise they can break it open, break a glass and unlock it and since she had that kind of lock they the guy kicked her on the front door kicked uh three panes of glass open and crawled in through that my sister's dog mm. was uh she has a, a west highland terrier who's 14 years old and deaf as a doornail and was lying right at the basically right at the door on a chair didn't notice anything until i'm not sure when because the guy ended up throwing jelly beans that my sister had a bag of jelly oh beans on the my. table through the jelly beans at the dog to shut, i guess to shut him up oh but, my I mean, word i i it, it went out the back door i didn't hear anybody go out the back door but so yeah so it was it was interesting mm. interesting well i'm glad that they were no one was home and no one was hurt mm -hmm. but that mm -hmm. still it is as uh someone in the chat room earlier had said that Essie Martin had said she feels she felt so violated, and it is just, just horrible, very sad and scary, as Betty yeah, it said. Is. It is. I mean, I felt very bad for my sister. I mean, it's and so now my my brother-in-law has taken to uh, putting signs up on the door, which don't mean anything, saying uh, you're caught on camera, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And uh, which right, I ha which I had to explain because the notes on the back door, and I was. Uh, grilling on the back porch uh, over the weekend and the, my granddaughter was out there and she says what does that mean <laughs> oh god because she oh, can no. read now yeah she can read mm -hmm. so. oh and Monica said yeah their back glass door was broken and then they left through the front door like nobody's business mm -hmm. just terrible well they my sister has those Amazon fire sticks for her TVs mm-hmm and they took them now what was really neat was she called amazon and amazon mm -hmm. could trace every single one of her fire sticks and uh she told them which tv you know which ones were gone and they said fine no problem they put a um they put a thing on it so that in case somebody tried to get into it they would never have been able to get into the fire stick oh my word wow i would didn't know they could that's that's pretty clever actually yeah, yeah. So. so anyway that is what we have for this week yes that ends chapter 20 that's right and next week um on the 7th or the 8th I'm sorry, yes we are celebrating no, the 8th right we are celebrating nicholas's birthday nicholas uh uh, is uh, his actual birthday is on the seventh, but uh, we're going to celebrate it on Wednesday. So we're looking yes, yes, yes. forward to that. Looking very another party, another party for one of our fave, our yes. favorite male characters. So we have everybody now. We've got Gabriel and William and Nicholas and Paul and all of the. Oh, it's just be such a good time. So. Yes, so plan to be here next week at the same time and, as we uh, celebrate our, his our, birthday. Our Nicholas's birthday. I'm trying to get to see if Nicholas will be here, and he's checking his schedule, so we'll see what happens there. 
Yes. I'm not guaranteeing yeah. anything. Trust me. That's right. That's right. But we'll have, uh, we'll definitely have to, uh, we will definitely have a chance to raise a glass. That's for uh, sure. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. So, so anyway, gang, so we will see you again at the same time, same time next, next week. So that, uh, Nicholas can have a birthday. What do you give Nicholas for a birthday? You don't give him a black suit. That's for sure. I think he's got a few of them. <laughs> he may, he may want another though. You never know. You never know. You never know. Let's, but I'm sure that something simple and meaningful to him would be good. You know, he, you know, he's maybe, very thoughtful. Yeah. You know, character. maybe a bottle of pastis. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. So, you <laughs> perfume. Why not? Why not? So. Oh my I, word. Yes. Yeah, so again, we will see you all next week, and I am going to leave you with some Sergio Mendez and Brazil '66, Mas que nada. <laughs> Samba de preto veio, samba de preto do. Mas que nada, um samba como esta tão legal. Você não vai querer que ele chegue no final. Ariano,